From broadcasting in a studio above the Blue Mouse in 1979 to streaming intergalactically from the Guadalupe neighborhood in 2022, we're grateful for the generations of folks who value KRCL. Celebrate the power of community to do incredible things with your year-end gift at krcl.org. I'm Laura Jones, and this is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. What we hope is you find new and cool things to get involved with in your community. Coming up later, Rashawn Leak will be here to lead a Roundtable Tuesday panel on youth, creativity, and self-expression. We're going to be talking with Hillary McDaniel from Rock Camp SLC. And Connor Estes, not only is he a DJ here, on KRCL, his late night lowdown coming up at 10.30 tonight, but he is the mentor for Loud and Clear, a collaboration between KRCL and SpyHop, another nonprofit in our community that teaches youth digital arts. And you know, a cool thing that they did over the last year, made all their programming free. So stick around to find out more about all of that, how you can get involved and how you can help these two nonprofits in our community. Also on the way, Sean Teigen from the Utah Foundation, which earlier today released the third report in its Utah Social Capital series. It's called The Art of Association, Community Life in Utah. We're going to tie it all together for you this hour. And speaking of community life in Utah, there are things you can do to help out those who are less fortunate this holiday season, if you go to krcl.org and click on rallies and resources or on connect, you can find different ways to give food, clothing, and gifts. For instance, the Utah AIDS Foundation Personal Care Stockings put together some of those items, you know, we all need to take care of ourselves and donate a festive holiday stocking full of them to the Utah AIDS Foundation, and they'll make sure that they go to a family living with HIV AIDS during the busy holiday season. They want you to have lots of fun and be creative with the stockings. They request that they are delivered to the Utah AIDS Foundation by Wednesday, December 15th. And you can find more details on our website, krcl.org, under Rallies and Resources, or check those homepage sliders. There's one right there called Food, Clothing, and Gift Drives. Another one is the Salt Lake County Aging and Adult Services Giving Tree. Something to bring a little holiday cheer to homebound older adults in our community. You can pick a name off the tree, which is in the South Building Atrium at 2001 South State Street in Salt Lake City. We'll put a link in tonight's show notes for that resource as well. This Saturday, December 11th at the Chakra Lounge on State Street is SantaCon, an annual fundraiser for Toys for Tots. You can drop off unopened toys to the Chakra Lounge. 364 South State Street in Salt Lake City. And lastly, when I was out this weekend having lunch with a friend at Sharon's in Holiday, they had a table right there at the door saying, drop a coat here, we'll make sure it gets to a nonprofit or someone in need this holiday season. So you have options online at krcl.org, but keep your eyes open in the community as well. If you've got one you'd like to send us to do a shout out during Radioactive, just email that to radioactive at krcl.org. And now let's pass the microphone to our friend over at the Utah Foundation, which earlier today released the Art of Association Community Life in Utah, measuring six different ways we get involved as Utahns. Charitable donations, volunteering, attendance at religious services, participation in neighborhood groups, the number of non-professional organizations, and the number of professional orgs. To find out more, let's pass that microphone to Sean Tigan. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing so great. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Absolutely. And this is part of your ongoing series about um, social capital 
in Utah. And I think it dovetails nicely with what we try and support here on Radioactive, people getting involved in their community in whatever way they're comfortable. But I'm kind of curious how we rank uh, compared to other states. Let's go into some of the findings here. Uh, you know, we do we do pretty well. As a researcher at the Utah Foundation, it feels like half the time that we look at data, Utah is either the best, we're top of the nation, if you're comparing ourselves to other states, or we're at the very bottom. It's like it, it's an interesting, and I think that you know part of that has to do with demographics and all that stuff. And 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 this this case is no different when you look at this third brief in our social capital series. We have a bunch of metrics where we are are hitting it out of the park. And then we've got a couple of metrics that were, you know, just we're kind of below the, uh, the, the uh, average on. Time is a premium for all of us. And so how we choose to associate outside of work and outside of church, since we do have a pretty large predominant religion here, it, it takes a commitment. So let's break it down. I understand we do pretty well. There's one we don't do so well in, but um, you also quote uh, <laughs> de Tocqueville. So you got to give us the, the high philosophy here too, to get us started. All right. All right. So we we start off with this quote, Americans of all ages, all conditions, all minds constantly unite. Not only do they have the commercial industrial associations in which all take part, but they have the thousands of other kinds, religious, moral, grave, futile and very general very particular, immense, and very small. And that's what we talk, that's what this report's all about. It's like, it's these associations that we have with people in our community. And speaking of time, I mean, uh, we as Utahns spend a lot of time uh, with with our religions. We, we, uh, we are, are a, a very, fairly religious uh, society and, and, and we also volunteer a lot with our religions. Uh, we donate a lot and, and we also participate a lot in, in community groups. That's all related to religion. I mean, we, you know, the, the, the predominant religion uh, in Utah is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, uh, the, the faithful uh, attend church very regularly. Uh, they tithe, which is where we get that high ranking in terms of, terms of donations. Um, and they also, you know, send people out to, to mow people's lawns and, and shovel, you know, the driveway for the person down the street. And so we, we end up really high on some of these benchmarks. These aren't cherry-picked metrics. Like, we went through a big list, we culled it down, came up with, the, here are the items that we can really uh, gather data on on a relatively regular basis, and that are going to get to the point, get to kind of the area that we're looking at in terms of associations, and, uh, and it just so happens that we're one or two on those four. But, um, as you started off, Laura, uh, you know, we, you know, we only have so much time, and so where we aren't as high, in fact, we're, we're quite a bit closer uh, to the bottom on both uh, professional association affiliations or uh, professional associations per uh, capita and then non-professional associations. And so these professional associations are juice groups that are basically kind of further our profession. Laura, I, I imagine that you're, you know, a part of some radio journalists group. Yes, the SPJ, the Society for Professional Journalists. You got it. There you go. And and you were also probably uh, in a sorority when you were in college? No, I did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was taking, I was just taking a stab there. So, but but it, I mean, that, that's a non-professional. So the sororities and those sorts of things, veterans groups uh, are, are non-professionals. Professional societies are groups that are, that are basically tied to our professions. And, and when we look at... We, 
we don't go too deeply into this and to try to tease this out, but we suggest that maybe th- th- we can look at this a little bit more deeply and see if, in fact, the people who are members of Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, if they're you know spending much more time volunteering, participating in neighborhood groups, uh, giving money, going to church, then uh, then and and not participating in these in these. Um, professional and non-professional organizations, or if it's just, you know, just by chance. And so that's one thing that we we don't completely flesh out here, but I have a feeling that in the next iteration of this uh, project, we'll dig deeper into that because yeah. we've, we in the office have been discussing that a lot already, and, and we're, we're trying mm-hmm. to tease out some of the nuances there. When we talk about the things that polarize us, or, you know, if we want to go as far as saying disintegrate the social fabric that uh, we may or may not have, depending on your viewpoint here in the United States, this this is an important thing to understand. It's you know um, the the smaller your world becomes, the less connected you are to the wider world. And I think that's kind of maybe what you're getting at here. At the same time, though, you say that Utah stands alone among the mountain states with the most neighborhood participation. What is neighborhood participation? Yeah. So that again, that's that is um, if if. if I've got a, a group that gets together and says, hey, we're going to uh, clean up this park. Let's take care of, of some, some of the, the work that needs to be done here because, because it's uh, you know, falling in disrepair and, and there's not enough money from the city or the county or whatever to do it. And, and so it's something like that. Um, it's uh, let's go uh, uh, maybe visit uh, a, a neighbor down, down the street that's got a roof that's in shambles and, and they don't maybe have the, num- the money because they're on a fixed income to put up a new roof. Um, so let's put, uh, let's put in some effort and, and re-shingle that thing. And so it's, it's those sorts of, of activities. And one of the things we suggest is that, you know, uh, if, if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and your bishop says, hey, you know, let's, let's give um, uh, old, old Grandma Rose down the street a hand on something, then, then we'll get out and do it. And that's a, that's a great, I guess, facilitation for doing that. Some, some of that sort of work is, is through your church. But also, you know, just a whole host of other nonprofit groups and, yeah. and just community groups do that sort of thing. But when we're dead last in the nation when it comes to the number of nonprofessional organizations per capita, um, it speaks to something about um, how we may restrain ourselves or constrain ourselves to those things that we have time for. And if you are heavily involved in a church organization and that's the vehicle through which you do anything in the community, um, th- it has a narrowing effect. I mean, it channels your charitable giving. It channels your helping your neighbor. But also there's a richness that comes from these nonprofessional organizations and the professional ones. Absolutely, yeah, and, and we've we've uh, we've thought a lot about that as well. Like if I've if I'm participating a lot in, in uh, helping KRCL and in every way that I can, and I'm at the station and I'm I'm going to support efforts, and and, and then maybe I don't have time for for some of these other things, um, and and maybe I get a lot locked into this this uh, KRCL kind of. Uh, a worldview, and 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 maybe I, I I need to branch out a little bit. And there's something to be said for like for 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 reaching outside of Facebook, uh, like I said at the beginning, and and this this kind of this uh, of of uh, that social network that you have um, kind of online, yeah. and reaching out into community groups, and 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 one of the reasons probably for a decline and decrease in these in these uh, non professional organizations and the in the groups, so this whole idea about bowling alone. This is a, a couple of years ago, we had Robert Putnam, who wrote uh, Bowling Alone, um, uh, speak at one of our events. And, and that, that the whole premise is, is that, you know, 
you know, we're not we're not getting out and, bo- and joining bowling leagues anymore. Hey, bowling uh, bowling getting... alleys are going away. You know, when I find yep. a bowling alley, it's like holy cow! I forgot these existed. Uh, you know, but however, you go to Bondwood Bowl and you cannot social distance in that place, man. They have they, <laughs> that place fills it up. I don't like. As, I guess it, yeah. as long as you made it to the end um, <laughs> of, of and made it through all these other bowling alleys closing, uh, you, you, you're you're uh, yeah. one of the one of the only places left. You can still get some business, but um, but, but yeah, the, the idea is that that. that that there are some potentially some missed opportunities for us to really come together as society. Like if we're, if we're stuck in a feedback loop of Facebook and, and maybe uh, not getting out and hearing a diverse uh, range of, of viewpoints and also a, a, a real robust kind of well-rounded viewpoint from maybe your neighbor at, that that's on your bowling uh, team. Instead, you just uh, see some stuff on Facebook and you're like, Oh man, Jim sucks. I'm done with that guy. I hate that guy. I only posted the stupid stuff. Um, but if, if I get out there bowling with him, I'm like, Oh, you know, Jim kind of sucks, but, but I, he's still a fun guy and he's nice and he's, and he's got a good kid. And so I'm going to, I'm going to continue bowling with him. I think that, that there is something to be said for those associations to help break down some of those, 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 uh, I guess the bubbles, the silos that we've really been putting ourselves in uh, over the last uh, a decade or two. Sean Tigan, Utah Foundation, where can people find this latest report, The Art of Association Community Life in Utah? Yeah, come to our website. It's www.utahfoundation.org. And it's the first thing that pops up there. We've got, this is the third report. We've got uh, four more uh, uh, short reports on social capital to come. And I, I think they've, uh, they've, they've all got some, some uh, nuggets in them. And I think together as a whole, they're going to really give us a, a full understanding of social capital in Utah. Thanks, John. Hey, thank you so much. Check tonight's show notes for a link to the Utah Foundation's report. I'm Laura Jones, and when we come back, it's Roundtable Tuesday, and Rashawn Leak will lead our panel discussion with Rock Camp SLC and Loud and Clear and Spy Hop. To get us from here to there, a tribe called Quest, little youthful expression on KRCL 90.9. Thanks to George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation for investing in KRCL and communities throughout Utah. Hey, Salt Lake County Parks and Rec needs lifeguards, and you can try it out December 11th during the county's Just Try It lifeguarding event, open to folks ages 14 and up. Get all the details at bit.ly slash slcoguard. Did you know that a portion of your Amazon purchases could benefit KRCL? Support local nonprofits, including KRCL, through Amazon Smile by visiting smile.amazon.com and selecting your preferred organization. Find details under the support tab at krcl.org. Thanks. Welcome back to Radioactive and Roundtable Tuesdays. I'm Rashawn Leak. Coming up at 7, we have Democracy Now!, Vagabond Radio with Barbie at 8, Connor's Late Night Lowdown starts at 10.30, All of our programming and the radioactive archives may be found online at krcl.org. Now back to Laura. Hey, Rashawn. So you said you wanted to, you know, shine a light on uh, nonprofits working with youth and creativity and self-expression. So you mentioned coming up tonight, Connor, uh, uh, Connor's Late Night Lowdown. That's Connor Estes, who also (laughs) runs the Loud and Clear program for, it's a collaboration between KRCL and Spy Hop. So, Connor, welcome to the program. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah, 
Welcome, Connor. I mean, Laura, I, I didn't want to say anything, but what I know that I know that smooth baritone voice right there <laughs> as, a, as a Tuesday, 1030 at night listener. I'm very familiar with Connor's voice. And then you said uh, we got to have rock camp. We got to have rock camp. So uh, introduce Hillary for us. Well, I mean, Hillary is the people's like, I, you know, I had to have rock camp because obviously as um, I'm in love with the program. I love everything it stands for. And it just so happens that I'm also, uh, I guess the term would be former rock camper or maybe not former because, you know, once a rock camper, always a rock camper, you're always going to support. But I got to have, you know, I, I got to have a, a program in my people's Hillary on because it's just so near and dear, not just because of who they are, but because of what they are and what they do for our community. Hillary so McDaniel. I'd like to introduce Hillary. What's up, Hill? Hey, thanks so much for that intro for Sean. I like to be known as the peoples because <laughs> I do feel like, you know, I end up in a lot of spaces um, in organizing spaces, leadership spaces. Um, but really, I'm just a drummer that's having a good time. And, uh, you know, I, I just try to spend a lot of time just with my friends in the community. And I feel like I am just kind of one of the peoples out there um, trying to make change, trying to um, inspire youth, but you know, it always turns out that youth end up inspiring you more. I feel like every time you do, you do work with youth, you're like, Oh, I'm going to inspire youth. And you're like, Whoa, like in about five minutes, I've uh, learned more than I've learned in the last five years, you know? So, uh, I love working with youth. I love, um, of course, working, um, you know, just in the medium of music and anything creative expression. I feel like that that's the only, the only real true uh, key to social change is um, changing hearts and minds through art and creative expression. Yeah, you know, Rajan, you said you're a graduate. Your family uh, did the rock camp, the community one. I did the rock camp back in the early days. Usually did it. We both formed bands. And I think we should play Rashawn's uh, family song now. <laughs> oh, wow. So good. Yes. Yes. What was it called? What was it called, Rashawn? And we're going to put it in here. Uh, Hazardous Shade. I don't know if we actually, I don't know if we actually came up with a, a song name, but yeah, the band was Hazardous Shade. That was a, a, a band name that Joe, my wife, had been sitting on for a, a while. But it's, a, you know, it, it was the first song we wrote. It was kind of a protest song, you know, to, to whatever everything was going on around us because we did uh the slay at home uh so that was you know in the midst of the pandemic they put something together and it was like like hillary just called out really you know you you think you have this idea of what you want to do and then you start watching and, and listening to all the kids out there and and you realize that i just need to shut up and listen like you know because they are they're so with it they're so knowledgeable you know i i've worked with kids in many capacities and the one thing I've always realized is, you know, there there are many adults, and when I say many adults, obviously, some point sometimes their brain needs to, you know, you know, develop a little more. But the ideas, the understanding, that is not lost on children. And and so I've always, as a parent, as a as an organizer, as a counselor, I've always just talked to kids how I wanted to be talked to, and it's yeah. and and they never they never hold back. They are true barometers. And it's and they, they are I truly believe that they're our future. And so if we're not and we're not pinging our future to ask them what they think about things, you know, then we are we're not setting them up for success and we're not leaving them the planet that they deserve or they're even asking for. You know, and, I, and that's what I love. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's a lot, lot to say. <laughs> So this song is in, in, interesting, important, but it's just I don't know. It, it, it is what it is. 
And that was Hazardous Shade doing our protest song from Rock Camp's edition of Slay at Home. Yeah, Rashawn. So when we're talking about uh, youth creativity and self-expression, that's our focus on your on your panel tonight. And you've done a bit of that with your kids by doing Slay it at Home. Um, how did they experience Slay at Home uh, and creating that song together? You're in your own bubble. You, you seek each other all the time between school and work, you're all there elbow to elbow. Was this like a fun um, kind of escape for you guys to do Slay, slay, like, sit, slay at Home? I, I would say, you know, like the, the person who wants to shine is like, oh, the kids were loving it. And yeah, but any parent knows that anything <laughs> with kids, it is a roller coaster. Yeah. So there was some, sometimes they were in it. And then sometimes they're like, are we, are we doing that song again? You know, because like, it's like you got one song, you got to nail it, you got, you know, got to get yeah. it ready. But, but I'd say overall, yeah, they, I mean, every now and again, you know, Joe and I will play the song and the kids just come in and they, you know, they'll sing it with us. They, so they were really a, 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 a creative piece to it, adding little words here. Dad, you try this. But so, yeah, I think they were part of the creative process. I don't want to be, you know, I'm, they, they listen to the show, so I'm not going to, talk about anything that is on Santa's list or things that, that maybe Santa might be dropping off. But I, I think we're, we, we hope to get them, um, you know, keep, get, keep getting them interested in music. You know, it's, it's a nice outlet. I like, I like it when, you know, my friend's kids or our kids or my, you know, all are well-rounded whether it's sports, school, music. I think it's really important. So we try and keep pushing it. I don't, I don't want to force it on them, you know, because who knows? Yeah. You know, you throw a bunch of things at them and maybe, you know, we'll see what sticks. And we're talking about youth, creativity and expression with your Roundtable Tuesday panel here tonight. Rashawn, I'm Laura Jones, and we got Connor Estes from Spy Hop with us and Hillary McDaniel from Rock Camp SLC. And I just wanted to do the basics. So we've got that on the record for the show, Rashawn. So, Hillary, give us the basic of how old Rock Camp is and how a bit about how it's changed over the ensuing years, too. Yeah, Rock Camp um, is actually part of a, a global movement of rock camps um, all over the world. And the idea of Rock Camp started in, in Portland uh, about 20 years ago. A woman was uh, attending Portland University and for her master's thesis wrote up this idea of having a, a summer camp where uh, girls would come and learn how to play rock instruments and all of the mentors who were teaching them how to play drums and bass and guitar keys, uh, teaching them how to scream and sing would all be women too. So it's like a mentorship, uh, people who look like you and who, who you want to be like. And also specifically, you know, um, in the lens of just feminism, like, you know, when we look at the professional music industry, less than 25% um, of uh, the professional music industry are, are female. And that's just like people on stage. When we talk about producers, people in the background, promoters, bookers, it's a lot more male dominated. And so you're not getting a lot of female representation on stages. And it matters because those voices and those stories really matter. And they're revolutionary. And I do really believe that like when we don't promote those voices, we hold ourselves back as a society. So back, you know, 20 years ago, they did this camp and it was just kind of an idea and they did it and they invited all their musician friends and said like, hey, we need to borrow instruments. Um, we need your help teaching these kids. And it just grew from there and grew all over the United States and globally. And um, I went to LA in 2015 and volunteered for a week at Rock and Roll Camp for Girls in LA and um, came back to Utah, just really inspired from that experience, knowing that I just needed to be part of the crew that started it here. So 
gathered some people together, uh, mostly musicians, uh, local musicians, and borrowed instruments, and we did our own camp in 2016. Uh, so we've been around for about five, six years now. It's hard to count. Like 2020, we just kind of like crossed that year out. <laughs> we did a lot of virtual um, hangouts and things in 2020, but it wasn't the same for us. We didn't have a, a physical in-person camp. Um, but this year we were back strong and um, yeah, uh, we get to collaborate with other rock camps around the world. We don't have a curriculum that we all use that's like standard, but it's the same recipe if you're in Japan or if you're in California, if you're on the East Coast, it's, uh, you know, come to camp. You don't have to have any musical experience. Uh, we teach you how to play an instrument. Uh, you form a band. You get to name your band. You get to make a cool band logo and T-shirt. Um, you write an original song uh, together. And at the end of the week, five days later, um, you play it in front of hundreds of screaming fans. And um, it's kind of one of those programs that just scares you into, <laughs> into being brave. But all along the way, you're surrounded by people, again, who look like you, who, who want to be brave too, who have conquered um, their own fears and are conquering them like actively every day and every hour. Um, so yeah, it's been a really amazing program to be a part of here in, in Salt Lake City. And we hope it grows to more you know, cities within Utah. Ogden needs a rock camp and Provo needs a rock camp. And um, as I mentioned, we started in 2016 and 2019, we actually changed our name to Rock Camp SLC. Um, we took off the rock and roll camp, the four girls part, because we are open to all transgender identities, non-binary kids, transgender boys come to our camp, um, cisgender girls, trans girls come. So we wanted to make sure that we were being inclusive um, for all marginalized genders. And, you know, Rishan got to be part of a really cool thing that we did um, during the pandemic, the Slay at Home, where we included for the first time cisgender men in our programming because um, people got to be um, in bands with their COVID bubble. So it could have been parents and kids or roommates um, and it was really cool to open it up and I and I feel like we've had a lot of questions from the community about you know well, what are you doing for men what are you what are you going to do a rock camp for boys and you know I get that a lot and I'm like you know we have lots of instruments I'd be happy to loan them to you and you know I'm not a, I'm not a boy so I don't know how much I can inspire boys but we absolutely feel that you know part of uh, you know cultural change and social change comes from smashing the patriarchy. And most men don't really know that word or even know what it means or could describe what it is. But their whole lives they've you know benefited from it, and it's also poisoned them and hurt them in a lot of ways. You know, men are hurt by the patriarchy just as much as women are. Um, so I would love you know we've we've talked a lot about that since the sleigh at home. Like you know, could we do some workshops? Could we do some things involving men or being led by men and letting you you know use our equipment and some of the things that we have and and maybe doing some co things together but um yeah we're we're um like i said in our sixth year now um going to be having some awesome summer camps again this summer um and lots of programming just throughout the year lots of concerts and fundraisers i i love that i love that hillary i i think you, you touched on one of the points that i know you in anybody who's listened to the show whether it's tuesdays or just any day has heard us say representation matters it, it matters so much to see, you know, whether, you know, according to how you how you uh, identify, you know, it, it matters to see someone who looks and, and identifies like you up on stage killing it. Yeah. Uh, Hillary, I got a question, though. Have you have you guys ever thought of like I, you provide an amazing space for for band members? But there's, you know, some people who are maybe not inclined to play an instrument, but want to run a board or run a want to work lights or you know create a video manage Have, a band is there any room to promote. open up rock camp slc to say like okay i want to learn how to rock, rock out on a on a soundboard and mix something and things like that 
Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. Like we have uh, always since we started, we have like younger kids that are eight, nine, 10 mixed in with older kids and like all different instrument levels come together at the camp. And it's really amazing because then you don't have like this separation of, um, you know, degrees of how, how good you are at your instrument. And it kind of brings everybody kind of on the same level. But we have um, been talking a lot about the idea of having a camp that's for a little bit more advanced students, like kids who've been playing music for a few years, um, you know, kids who are in bands outside of the summer camp and want to promote and want to learn like the back end stuff, like the setting up a PA and running a soundboard and lights and all of that stuff, because all of those are, again, like still part of the music industry and they're dominated by, you know, non-women <laughs> because, you know, you don't see usually when I, when I go to a show as a drummer, when I show up, like most of the people there are men who are running everything in the background. And um, so, yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about doing um, that this summer. So we're, we're working on what our dates are for this summer's camps and, and how we're going to structure them. But um, there will be something coming soon. And, and, you know, even if we don't integrate it into our camp, we do hear that need from the community of like, we just want to learn how to book shows. Like, and I've been booking shows for, I don't even know, 20 years now or something. And so I've learned a lot the, the, the hard way, <laughs> you know, and uh, so has like, you know, our music director, Talia Keys has, you know, booked all over Salt Lake, all over Utah, all over the world. And so, you know, sharing some of those tips with the, the kids that want to. Oh, I see you're holding up your Talia Keys yeah, you shirt. Can't, you, you, can't your you can't see yeah. this on Zoom, but Rashawn is rocking his, his Talia Keys t-shirt. So stick around because, Hillary, we want to ask you what the community can do for your nonprofit, all right? Oh, but yeah. I want to get um, Connor Estes in here from Loud and Clear, but also Connor's Late Night Lowdown, which is coming up tonight at 1030 on KRCL. Perfectly timed, yeah. Yeah, Connor, you, you're like a KRCL kid to a certain degree who's all uh, grown up now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we should turn that into a term now, KRCL kid. Yeah, because I, uh, so I did do the Loud and Clear Youth Radio program way back in 2009, um, so all the way back when and when when Shanalee was the the mentor teaching the program um, and just fell in love with radio and have been doing radio ever since. And then I think I've been at Spy Hop now three years um, as as the Loud and Clear mentor. So kind of pretty awesome to come back and teach a program that I went through as a teenager and to yeah. see like this program continue on at KRCL and be an important piece at KRCL to have. I think it's so great that we have this radio station that is down to have teenagers on the radio and Saturday night and talk. Yeah, so Saturday night, nine to 10 PM every Saturday, there's teenagers on there getting experience um, being on the radio and being able to speak about what they want to speak about and creating content that they want to create. I think Hillary, it's really awesome to listen to you and like kind of uh, the mentality that y'all have of like, you know, the students are creating the band. They're, they're doing every aspect and y'all are mentors there to just teach them like how to do that. And like, that's exactly the um, the approach that we have at Spy Hop too. And it's just like, it's getting me like pumped up to hear when other people are like, oh, I love teenagers. They inspire me. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. So I think it's awesome. And that like, that's what drives loud and clear as well as all the programming we do at Spy Hop is, you know, we, we talk about student voice, right? And that they drive we always want them to be driving the content um, that they're creating and, and we are simply mentors. So we refer to ourselves as mentors at Spy Hop because we want it to be something much more deep than a, than a teacher, what students often think teachers are. Um, you know, I have students that I worked with three years ago and I'm going out to get sushi with them and asking them how their lives are going and checking in on their, you know, how's school going? Are they getting where they want to go? And I feel like 
to me, I got that when I was a teenager with Chantilly. Like I still, every time I see Chantilly, how are you doing? How's your family? You know, like Saturday breakfast jam host. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, such a small, great community here. I love it. Um, so that, that's really like the approach that I have as like a teacher at spy hop, but as well, like that's kind of built into what we call like the secret sauce at spy hop. And it makes me inspired to, to hear that others are doing that as well. Um, also just side note, Hillary, I'm like, there needs to be some more collaboration going on between, um, rock camp and spy hop. Like just hearing, like, talking about this desire it sounds like for like you know audio engineering booking gigs like we offer programs in those and like not only i don't want it to be like hey send us your kids like if y'all need help like coming up with curriculum or ideas like we're always trying to look for ways to to share our curriculum like on a community level not just with the teaching aspect but like how can we help other people build out curriculum and grow what they want to grow in the directions they want to grow so i think we need to get in contact and maybe definitely. Yeah. I love it I when love this it. happens on radioactive. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> you know, we, we've worked with um, Kathy Foy a little bit and we send some of our kids to the woodshedding program. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. Our very, one of our very first board members was Matt Mateus. And so we were like really connected with spy out when we first started, but then we were like, but well, we're different. And we got, you know, so like, yeah. I love that you brought that up because I, I think about that often, just like the, the deeper like connections that we can make between nonprofits. And um, we don't do as much year. I mean, you guys are doing programming all day, every day after school, we want to grow into after school programming. So in the meantime, being able to send our kids to a place that we know is safe for them. And we know, you know, they're going to be mentored. They're going to be taken care of. Absolutely. So you and I should definitely talk some more and, and uh, make sure all of our kids know um, what your programming is and when it's happening so they can sign up. Yeah, that's a great call out, Hillary. And you led me into right my next question. Connor, for the people who do not know what Spy Hop is, can you give us like a little, you know, uh, uh, open the door and give us a little preview of what Spy Hop exactly is and how and how we get our kids involved? Yeah, absolutely. So it is like it, it's a, a large thing to to kind of try to explain so i will do my very best but so spy hop is a after school nonprofit organization started back in 1999 um and we do everything within kind of what we would call digital art or art um but it's it's really broad so we kind of cover the subjects we have our audio film design is kind of what we bubble them into um, but we offer everything from, you know, filmmaking classes, game design, graphic design, podcasting, radio production, um, audio engineering, songwriting classes. Um, and that's all the stuff that we're doing simply in-house. So we have what we also call our community programs that we travel all around the state, um, like from the biggest parts of Salt Lake City down to the smallest little towns. I mean, we I was in Monument Valley this last summer teaching a film apprenticeship, you know, so we go all over trying to kind of take this idea and, and taking gear out into the community of Utah as well. And so Spy Hop is just an after school program for, for teens to come out and make art is kind of how I like to pitch it. Come make art, hang out, do what you want to do. Um, so if people are wanting to get involved um, or are wanting to sign up their their uh, kids you can always go to spyhop.org so we have kind of programming that happens throughout the year um oftentimes we have usually it's kind of broken up and we have uh, like a fall session that happens so that's actually just ending in the next couple of weeks um and then we'll have a spring session where most of the classes will be starting the the week of january 10th and it's been really cool like one of 
the best things that happened uh, for SpyHop during COVID is we made all of our programming entirely free. So it didn't always used to be that way. And I'm super happy that like we can say that without even like, you know, a little asterisk. It's like, nope, it's free. There's no talk of money. Show up. We have gear provided for you to make your film or to make your video game or your song and you can show up and that's all you need to do. So I love it. I love it. And I'm Rashawn Leak and you're listening to Roundtable Tuesday's edition of Radioactive with Hillary McDaniel of Rock Camp SLC and Connor Estes of Loud and Clear Youth Radio, a collaboration of KRCL and SpyHop. So, so Hillary, as we're coming, the year's coming to an end, I can't believe we're already in December, but here we are, we are. What can the community do? How can we, how can we help out? What, what would you say you need from the community? Is it instruments, you know, financial love? Like, what is it that, how can we show up? Well, you know, uh, one of the biggest things we're we're going to be announcing um, at the in the next couple of weeks is that we're um, starting to look for some new board me- board members for Rock Camp SLC, um, and we're trying to you know build a, a board that you know understands that like we don't necessarily love the nonprofit industrial complex, even though we are a nonprofit. Like we we want to be um, exist as like a worker directed nonprofit and those who are working and those who are members of the community direct the work. And so um, we're going to be um, asking community members to step up and be part of our board. Um, so you can look for that. And, you know, we're a very small grassroots nonprofit um, have definitely been impacted by the the pandemic and having to you know shut down some of our programs. We we were able to do one in person summer camp this year, and we usually do two. So you know some financial love never hurts. Um, we uh, are a five hundred one c three the tax deductible uh, donations. So um, you can always donate on our website rockcampslc.org. Perfect, thank you. And Connor, we touched on Spy Hop, but can we get a little? I know there's a little more to it though. There's we also have Loud and Clear. So what is it that loud and clear is? And if if all of our listeners or if any of our listeners has a kid at home and they're like, I think I think my kid could definitely get into this. This is this is something they'd be into. How do they go and find you guys? Yeah. um, So kind of just to give more background of like loud and clear specifically. So like we were saying, loud and clear is a a youth run radio program every Saturday, 9 to 10 p.m. on KRCL. Um, and it, it's a it's a space for students to come in. They get to play the music that they want to play. They get to talk about what they want to talk about and learn those skills of what it takes to be a radio DJ. And what's really cool is so the program is about nine months. So it's kind of one of Spy Hop's longer programs. So that they really like we dig in. We'll create short radio pieces, create radio plays. We we kind of try to cover a large spectrum of what radio can be, um, so that they can kind of see maybe if they do want to pursue that as a career or, um, you know, a side hustle or something, they can find the avenue that they, they enjoy the most within radio. Um, so the program, like I said, is nine months. So every September is kind of the period when we're looking for, for new students to sign up. Um, and like I said, it's completely free, but you just have to go to spyhop.org and, and find that loud and clear sign up form in September. So that'll be this upcoming next year and sign up. And so I'll, I usually just Whoever signs up, I interview them and talk to them and see if it's a good fit for them, make sure they understand kind of, you know, it's it's a pretty intensive project to also, it's twice a week um, after school for nine months. So, you know, it's, it's asking a decent amount. Teenagers are very busy people. Um, and so making sure it works for them. But it's just a great space for, for teenagers to get that experience. And there's actually a, a decent amount of DJs on KRCL that um, have been past loud and clear students. So it's, it's kind of this also cool community 
in the way that like we're we're kind of bringing up you know younger people that may not have as much exposure to radio as maybe some older folks but like showing them the beauty of it is is a really cool thing that i enjoy trying to do because i'm i'm a huge fan of radio so let's play a piece by one of those audio pieces you talked about by one of your past loud and clear students what do you got or yeah so let me give just a little bit of context of like what the project is that I'm going to be playing. So kind of the first radio piece that I um, have the students work on is what we call Beyond the Beat. So I have the students, they'll pick a song um, that they either are interested in or love, one of their favorite songs, and they kind of create a short radio piece based around this that kind of looks at the social, political, cultural aspects of this song. Like, what does this song mean? What is the artist trying to say? What does it mean to me, you know, the producer? Like, why do I like this song? Why is it important? Why is it important, you know, if it came out 20 years ago, why is it still relevant? Things like that. So just kind of digging in, similar to like if you've listened to the podcast, like Song Exploder or some of these podcasts that really dig in deep into music. It's kind of taking that. And I, I the hope is that this helps them to really dig deeper as they are a DJ, right? They kind of dig deep into the music as they select it as a DJ. That's kind of the hope of doing this for the first project. So we're going to listen to um, a piece by a student from last year. Her name is Marie. Um, and I think this is last year we completely taught online. Obviously, it's no surprise. Um, and so this piece was a very relevant um piece to what was going on last year and connects a lot in those ways. A melancholic melody from Queen. But this doesn't sound like the upbeat songs we are used to. For starters, Brian May has taken lead vocals in this song and plays little guitar. Not to mention the song is about death. Now why would I, a teenage girl excited for the future, want to write about that? All dead, all dead, all the dreams we had. But there is something strangely beautiful about this song. On the surface, the song sounds like a funeral procession with jazzy remix sections. But underneath this, we get a nostalgic feeling about remembering those who have died. Brian May has been quoted saying that this song is about his dead childhood cat. I think that it is beautiful that a cat that died such a long time ago made such an impact on Brian May that he wrote a song about her, remembering her every time he sang this song. As we near the end of the horrible COVID pandemic, we are tempted to get our vaccine and then continue on with our lives like normal. It's easier that way. It's tempting to ignore the painful emotion of loss, to ignore the missing people in your neighborhood or local grocery store. It's tempting to see the pandemic statistics as numbers and not real people with family and friends, people in your community, to allow the victim stories to be forgotten. I fear that the victims of our most recent pandemic will be forgotten, similar to how the victims of the AIDS epidemic stories have been forgotten. I was not taught about the AIDS epidemic in school, nor did I read about it in history books. I stumbled upon it 
at an embarrassingly old age when I was trying to learn about my history. I am not the only young member of the LGBT plus community that was not taught about AIDS victims. I don't want those lost to COVID to fall to this fate as well, to not be remembered and to have their stories not passed on to future generations. If Brian May can remember his dead childhood cat and write a whole song about her, we can remember those we lost in the pandemic. Now, we don't have to become world-famous guitarists and write a hit song about it, but maybe we can take a moment or two to process what we really went through, remembering those we have lost, and continuing to remember them throughout our lives. All dead and gone. Oh, excellent Okay. I know, these, 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 these kids are deep. Their work just blows my mind, Connor. Uh, me too. Yeah, it it always it's always really awesome to to have you know propose this project and 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 talk about what we're going to be doing. And it, it always feels like the students take it somewhere that I you know they could have only taken it there. Like it had nothing to do with like what I could have told them. You know, it's it's obviously something that uh, specifically with this piece, like Marie was passionate about and to make those connections um, from that song to this, this larger idea. Um, yeah. I think it's like Rashawn, you were saying like earlier uh, just these students, you know, when you give them the space to, to be the creatives that they are, to be pretty much these wise adults that they really are, um, they'll blow your mind if you give yeah. them that space. So, well, congratulations really to Marie for that that piece and tying Queen and a dead cat right? to yeah, right. well, going through the lack of history that kids feel are discovering they're not getting too. It was all in there, and that is a loud and loud and clear design. It's part of the design of the program. So tune in Saturday nights at nine. And Rashawn, I think this is where we ask what our listeners can do for these two nonprofits. So why don't you start asking? Yeah. So what what can we keep doing? You know, I, I know Hillary talked about it. Connor, I, I don't know if you touched on it yet, but what what can the community do to help out when it comes to spy hop and loud and clear? Yeah, well, I would say first thing that comes to mind is um, I think it's always great, especially the people that don't know what spy hop is. Come come down here and, and check out the space. So we we're, we started this event this year. It's our block parties. They happen on the third Saturday of every month. So there will be one coming up on the 18th. And it's really just like an open house style where you can come in, the studio is open and there's people recording music. There's a food truck with free food, some other organizations. The Loud and Clear students are DJing and playing music. So it's a really great space because, um, you know, this place is for teenagers, but we also have really been striving now that we have this new building, like we want it to be a community space and a community hub and feel like it has access to all people um, in Salt Lake and around. So come check that out. I think Where that's like that? a great way. What's that? Oh, the, the building. Yes. Um, so we're uh, our new building is on 9th South and 2nd West. Um, so just literally the, the track station on 2nd West 9th South is just right out of our door. Um, so come down that block party that happens on December 18th is from 10 to 2 p.m. And like I said, they happen every third Saturday. So if you can't make one, there will be plenty more to come. So check those out. And what's the website where folks can also learn more about Loud and Clear? Yeah. So the website is spyhop.org. So S-P-Y-H-O-P.org. And you can find out about Loud and Clear as well as any other SpyHop program. If you have a, a teen that's wanting to take a class or you're wanting to just know more yourself, you can check out all that information yeah. there. 
And folks, as you're considering your year-end contributions, of course, these are two nonprofits to consider, but there's something you can do that also benefits yourself. You know, you might need a new laptop or something. SpyHop has a tech liberation program and and can benefit from uh, your hand-me-downs, right, Connor? Correct. Yeah. So one other cool thing that came from COVID is we decided to start uh, the Tech Liberation Project where we uh, ask for donations of, you know, gently used tech, and then we will refurbish those and get those ready and then donate to them, donate them to to students or families that need them in the area. So also, uh, this is a call for anyone that is in need of, you know, laptops or things that could help them with their education or whatever they're trying to do. We also, you can just fill out a form and, and get that. So we want those that gear to be going into the right hands as well. And you know, Rashawn, right. there's tons of gear that Rock Camp needs. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and Hillary, if, is there anywhere if, if people want to watch, you know, some old old concerts, you know, ones from over the summer or or ones from maybe you know 2016 when you first kicked it off to present, is there a place they can go and find that? Um, yeah, Rock Camp SLC has a YouTube channel, um, and that's where the Slay at Home videos are and all of our showcase videos. Uh, live there. And we also post them on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page, um, but all of those uh, links can be found directly on our website, uh, rockcampslc.org. We'll get you there. And you're always open for, you know, guitars, drums, cymbals, sticks, picks. Yeah. I would say the number one thing that we get donated is guitars, which uh, at the beginning was great. But, you know, what we end up doing now is we take the guitars that are the best ones and keep them at camp and ones that we don't need as much anymore. We'll donate those to some of the kids who want to keep playing after camp, which is awesome. Um, the the thing that's probably the most disrepair right now is drums. So all of our drum sets have been donated from drummers who loved them to death. <laughs> and they're being held together, a lot of them are kits by tape and um, you know, just whatever that they work for us. And I, and I do really like to have equipment that's a little beat up just to show these kids, like, you don't need something nice state of the art. You don't need to go and spend all this money, like borrow it, get it online, um, you know, get it used. Um, but yeah, if anyone out there has uh, drum sets or um, nice symbols, uh, things like that, we've got some drum sets that we kind of need to start um, putting some pieces together and making them a little nicer. And, um, you know, if someone wants to just donate 15 new brand new drum sets to us, we'll take them. We'll just donate all the, the used ones out. That is the biggest um, task every time we set up rock camp is getting the drum room set up and making sure everything's got its its pieces. Well, man, I can't wait to see what Rock Camp SLC and Loud and Clear and Spy Hop do in 2022. Thanks so much for sharing all the good work, the good trouble you guys get up to. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming in, stopping by, and spending the afternoon with us, you two. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank thanks you. Thanks a lot. All right, and that's our show. It was a pleasure getting to spend some time with Connor from Late Night Lowdown, also Spy Hop, and, and Hillary McDaniel from Rock Camp SLC. And Hillary, what do we got? You're going to close us down with a with a song, hopefully not ours, like somebody who really crushes, hopefully. Uh, well, this song is actually from our latest Rock Camp, our only Rock Camp so far we've done during the pandemic um, this year in August. Uh, this band is one of our teen intern bands called Mandela Effect. And they wrote this song and learned their instruments, learned to play together in one week. Uh, the song is called Barbie. On KRCL 90.9 FM. Nettoyer ou s'occuper de Marie. Mais nous ne tournerons pas.